Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. We have been discussing so much on this podcast, including the tribulation, the upcoming rapture. We've been talking about glorious bodies. So if you missed that, we were talking about what the Bible says about receiving a new body and specifically that a corrupt body will put on an incorrupt body and mortal will put on immortality. We've also been talking about the importance and it's mandatory to be converted as a little child in order to be a child of God, right? If we want to have that eternity with Jesus Christ and know for sure that we are going to see him in the air when he returns, we must be converted as little children. Did you know that the devil attacks those who serve God with God's permission? So I'll say that again. The devil attacks servants of God with God's permission. However, if you aren't obeying God, the devil doesn't need God's permission to attack you. Because when you live a sinful life, you promote a life as a follower of Satan's ways. It's an unrighteous life. It's an it's a disobedient life. So he doesn't need permission to attack you because you're on his playing field. You are, you're speaking his language, so you're fair game. But for servants of God, Satan needs the permission of God. And I say that just to stress that if you are a true servant of God, you may have to deal with these attacks from the devil. And if you have a ministry, you will likely see the attacks come through to your ministry. The devil can attack in many ways, and if he can't get to you, he's going to get to the ones that you love. He's going to attack your husband or your wife or your parents or your children, right, or your ministry. And servants of God are encountering these situations, and it's uncomfortable. And though the situation is creating discomfort, Oftentimes, this is where we learn more about ourselves, and ultimately, we learn more about God. And as mentioned before, this is why it's hard for the rich man to enter in heaven, right? The rich man is comfortable. The rich man is prosperous, and it's difficult for him to make a change. And this reminds me of what the Bible says about serving two masters, and this is a serious problem in the church today. Too many people are serving two masters. So you can actually find this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. And it says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. What's mammon? Mammon is money. You cannot serve two masters. So again, can you serve two masters? No. No, you cannot. If you are expecting to have an eternal life with Jesus Christ, you cannot be serving two masters. And for example, what if you have, I don't know, two husbands or two wives? 
right? Are you going to tell wife A that you love her so, so much and then tell wife B that you love her so, so much? But you will have a preference. You're going to love one more. You will love one more. We must serve God above all things. That's what he says. We cannot serve two masters, just one. We also discussed the Hebrews recently and spent some time reading Exodus. Specifically, the Pharaoh was so upset in Egypt when the Hebrews had time to honor God and serve God. So he made it super difficult for them. Uh, Not only were they meeting a quota of bricks, but he told uh, his people, no longer give them the straw, make them gather their own straw. And that took a lot of time. So he made it so, so difficult for them. He increased their work and kept the quota of bricks the same so that they would have less time to serve God all because the Pharaoh wanted to delay their progress in the Lord. This is why God wanted to deliver them from Egypt. And when I say them, I mean the Hebrews. This is why God wanted to set them free. This is why God sent Moses to the Pharaoh to say, let my people go so they could serve him without limits. So now that we've talked about that in depth, and if you've missed it, it is a previous podcast. So feel free to listen to it. But we can clearly see here that Moses represents Jesus and the Pharaoh represents the devil. The Pharaoh afflicted the Hebrews and the more that they grew. Likewise, when the devil afflicts servants of God, the stronger they become, the more we grow. Why is this? Because wherever God is, there is power. If God lives in you, then you are powerful. If God lives in me, then I am powerful. That's how that works. But the key here is that God must live in you and you must know it. Today, there is a problem of people thinking that God lives in them and we are living in perilous times now and there is no room to be thinking that God is with you and God lives in you. You must know. So it is up to you and it is up to me to look at the word to see do we line up to the scripture? That's the only way it works. And don't be fooled because there are people who claim to have the power, but they only look godly. It's a form of godliness without power, which we have also talked about previously uh, on my podcast. These people who operate with a form of godliness without power, these people utter prayers that are filled with flattery. And what do I mean by that? These are people where the depth of their prayer is just telling God everything that he is like, oh, you're so forgiving, Lord. Uh, Nothing is too difficult for you. You love us so much. You're so full of grace and mercy. And yeah, God knows that he's all of those things. But if that is all you're telling him, you're flattering the Lord. You know what God says to all of those prayers? Do the work I said to God doesn't want to hear, oh, you're so forgiving. That's, he doesn't want to be flattered. He hates that. He hates that. That is the language of Satan. God wants us to do the work and he wants us to let our yes be yes. And what do I mean by that? If we are going to serve God and we say yes, it's yes for everything. It's yes for everything that God says yes to. When we serve God, we need to serve with all or not at all. Anything between yes and no is evil. And I mean that. Anything between yes and no is evil. 
and the Lord will vomit you out of his mouth, right? If you are lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. There's a letter to the lukewarm church, right? Not a jail, to people going to church, people in church that need to change. So I wanna encourage you to think, is your yes, yes, and your no, no? Because if you're in between yes and no, if you're a, a maybe, you can't say, Lord, maybe I'll serve you because that's evil. When you can't make up your mind, you're double-minded. You're double-minded. You're confused. You're conflicted in the mind, and that's not from God. That's of the devil. You need to make up your mind. The Holy Spirit is not going to force himself on you, right? We're not robots. We have a choice to make up our mind, and you and I must do that. It's either yes or no. There's no maybe. There's no maybe. If you're half serving God, you're not serving God. So as a further review, we also read in 2 Timothy 3, we were reading about perilous times filled with people forever learning. They never actually learn of the truth. And it reads, but know this. That in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Paul said that, turn away right? Turn away from them. Don't work with them. They're going to delay your progress. And continuing in verse six, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. What does that mean? Today, always learning. There's people that are going to church. They are always learning. They're always sitting in the pew, forever hearing the word, but never growing, never knowing the truth. Because once you hear the truth and you have made up your mind and it's yes, you will move. It's no longer hearing the truth. You're actioning the truth. You're actioning the truth. You start to take risks with your faith. And in verse 8, now as Janus and Jambres uh, resisted Moses, so do those who resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further. For their folly, their foolishness will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. Wow. Again, this is just a review. These times are coming more and more, and I see it today. We are in perilous times today. We also talked about recently the importance of converting and becoming as a little child. And in Matthew chapter 18, it reads, who is the greatest? At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them and said, assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. So I want to bring your attention to what Jesus said. You will by no means, by no means, there are no exceptions. You will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is not making exceptions. We must be converted and become as a little child. Why? 
because God said so and we want to do the will of God and he wants us to be converted as little children to become a child of God how do we become converted we repent we repent for our sins. We let our yes be yes. We move forward in the Lord, both hands on the plow, not looking back, and we do the work. We do the work. You know, when I hear this verse, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. I question why more people aren't afraid or concerned when they hear this verse. Because today, people are truly focused on bettering themselves and self-pleasure and loving themselves and you know in the united states that's a huge culture being preached love yourself right but aren't you scared that you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven our souls are destined for eternity they're going to go somewhere right there's two locations they're going to heaven right you and i are going to go to heaven or you and i are going to go to hell and it does matter what we do with our time on earth and this verse says, unless we are converted as little children, we will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. We must be converted. We must be a child of God. We must repent. Right? We must repent and do everything that God says. There's no exceptions. You know, I have a daughter who's two and a half and she believes everything we tell her. And you know, we're not sharing false things with her. We're teaching her the truth, but she doesn't second guess us. Why is that? It's because her mind is a clean slate. Just as an example of the attitude of a little child, so hungry for the information, taking it and acting on it. It's the truth, right? God also instructs us to train up a child. And this can be read in Proverbs 22. And it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child. We all need to be trained. And we all need to be converted as little children. God needs to be above all things. It's not about ordering God first, then my husband, for example, then my kids, for example, then my job, etc., if you serve God first, everything else will work out. Don't even fill up your mind with these thoughts of ordering number two, three, four, and five. Make sure God is number one and everything else works out. Everything else works out. God is faithful. Recently, my father-in-law shared a testimony about his father. And his father was very ill around the time he had a mission trip planned. This was many years ago. And my father-in-law was wondering what he would do if his dad were to pass on the day of the mission trip. So he was praying and he recalled the Lord saying, let the dead bury the dead. So my father-in-law, while his father was still alive, he made a decision in his heart that said, you know what, if my dad passes, I need to see this mission through because it's the work of the Lord. And the Lord says, let the dead bury the dead. Would you know that Jesus saw what was in my father-in-law's heart? He saw that his mind was made up, that he was going to proceed and see through the, the mission at hand. And his dad did pass away the day after the mission trip. God allowed that. God honored this decision. And it's so important that, again, that God is number one above all things. Even the example that I just shared, some may hear that and say, oh, no, I'm definitely going to attend my dad's funeral. And trust me, if my father passed, I would want to attend the funeral too because I honor my father and I want to be there. 
but I honor Jesus more. So I would also see my mission through. I would know that I was making the right choice and I would find peace in that. And I know that the Lord would see my heart too. What a great testimony to share. What a difficult situation, an uncomfortable situation. Amen. So again, if you can't obey all, don't obey at all. We talked earlier, anything between yes and no is evil. Any maybes, that's evil, that's double-mindedness, that's of the devil. But you cannot train up an adult. The Lord says train up a child. You cannot train up an adult because they're set in their ways. They're no longer teachable like a little child. So adults like you and I, we must be converted. Must. M-U-S-T, we must, without a doubt, most assuredly, it needs to happen, no exceptions, got to have it. We must be converted in order to be a child of God. And there's no such thing as an instant child without conversion. No such thing. There must be the conversion. The conversion is the miracle. It's the only path to eternal life with Jesus. When we convert, it's a miracle. When we repent, and we say yes to the Lord, it's a miracle and the celebration in heaven is so immense. It is so great and the Bible tells us that. For just when one soul repents, that is how big of a miracle it is. Where is your focus today? Looking godly or being godly? And you might be asking yourself, how do I look godly? You can carry your Bible, but don't read it or read it and don't change. You can comment amen on social media so others see. You can pray very long, full of flattery. You can advertise your church position. You can uh, share Bible verses on your social media. You can pass out the elements of communion. You could sing in the front. You can even sit in the front row when you attend church. You can bring food for fellowship after church service every Sunday. But all of the above mean nothing without conversion. If you haven't repented, you have not sealed your salvation with the Lord. You must have the Holy Spirit and that's only coming for you if you repent to the Lord. Let your yes be yes. So how do you and I know that we have converted? Because we need to know. So how do we know? You will know because you will have taken the steps to God to be zealous and repent in your life from that moment, your life will change and you will, you will, you will join the army of servants of God and the nature of God will be birthed in you. Because when you convert, there is a change. There's an undeniable, recognizable change. And you're not just hearing and sharing the word anymore. You're studying the word, you're hungry for the word and you're sharing the word, you're making disciples, you are doing the work of the Lord and the difference is the Holy Spirit, not just with you and around you, but he is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. You might be asking, okay, how do I get the Holy Spirit? You have to ask God for it. When you repent, you say, Lord, I want the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want it. But it must be sincere and it must be serious. It must be. No insincerity, no uncertainty, it must be sincere. And there's going to be times where you need to take steps to evaluate yourself. There's going to be work that you need to do to get to that place of sincerity. But you must be sincere and serious. But you ask the Lord, I want it. 
he's going to give it to you. You know, Jesus spoke about a new birth to Nicodemus in the Bible, and this is John 3. And it reads, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, so Jesus said to Nicodemus, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who was born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? And Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak that we know and testify that we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man, who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Wow. Jesus talks of the rebirth here, being born of the Spirit right? The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who was born of the Spirit. In verse 5, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Most assuredly, right? Without a doubt, it's got to happen. You got to have it. You must be born of the Spirit. Amen. So Jesus told Nicodemus, God has to be in you. Unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You know, Nicodemus, thinking in the flesh, right? He's a man. He's a Pharisee. How can I go back into my mother's womb? And Jesus says, be born again. And today, Paul warns the people in the church will reject the teachings of God. Right? And today, there are many servants of God explaining what needs to happen but the teaching is rejected. And Paul warns the people in the church will reject the teachings of God and they will not be born again. And this is bad for the church. That means that the church is going to be full of work motivated by a form of godliness, but no power. And it's truly already started. The churches are doing their own thing. You know, I recently saw this event that was held near my hometown and it was an event for misfits of God and it just didn't align with scripture and the woman who was leading the event as the representative was wearing this shirt and the shirt said, be you, the rest will adjust. The rest will adjust. That's a very worldly encouragement, not a heavenly encouragement because God does not make adjustments. 
God uses verbiage such as most assuredly, must, without a doubt, shall. This is all intentional because there is only one way. You will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven unless you do these things. God is clear. Nowhere in the Bible does God say that he makes adjustments from what he says. And this is where the world is at today. And if you are living a life or identify as something that God does not condone, the world might adjust to you. There may be a spot for you in the world, but God will not adjust. Heaven will not adjust. So be converted. Repent and be baptized. Be willing to unlearn the things that the world has taught you. Be converted as a little child as a little child and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. It is better to serve him with everything we have rather than only half of our effort. If you're gonna serve him with half, don't do it at all. Either give it all or don't give it all. You either obey his teachings or you resist his teachings. And I want each person that hears this to take it so Seriously, because God is looking for a serious heart for him. And when I read these verses, I am concerned. I'm concerned for this world. I'm concerned for the people that don't take it seriously. I'm concerned for the people that make excuses. Because there is going to be a time where many are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. But many people won't be there and they aren't going to understand. But the Lord will tell them, away from me, I never knew you. It's time. It's time that many more are serious about repentance. That they're serious about getting the Holy Spirit inside of them. That are serious about walking along the narrow path. Saying yes to everything God says yes to. And absolutely not to everything God says no to. I want so many more souls to be saved. And I pray that God uses me to spread the message and uses you to spread the message. We must sound the alarm on these things. Amen. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.